Hey, Jake, I like video games. Hey, Tony, I like video games, too. Well, welcome to another brand new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I like that game. This year, 2020 is full of games. How's it going, Tony? That was really good, Jake. <laughs> I yeah, you liked it? You liked <laughs> it? I actually, I had the idea for that one at work, and I was trying to, like, figure out how best to put it in. So, I'm glad. That I'm glad good. it went, delivery, delivery was good. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> happy New Year, everyone. Uh, and Happy New Year, Jake. Uh, Thank you very much. Happy New Year to you, Tony. Yeah, 2020 is upon us. Um, so, right at the top of the show, I wanted to make sure to, to call out, uh, if you haven't listened yet, uh, our Game of the Year, uh, End of the Year podcast. Those are in your feeds right now. Uh, we had a ton of fun doing that. Our, our first annual international, hey, I like that game, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Game Awards. Um, so definitely give those a listen if you haven't. Uh, those are great. Uh, we also um, we ran a contest along with that where if you liked, commented, and shared any of our posts during the uh, during the holidays, we entered you in a contest to win some Xbox Game Pass stuff. And I've actually just uh, sent out the code to our winners, uh, which is great. So uh, we'll be looking to do more contests in the future, but... Uh, that was good. Yeah, enjoy those game passes. Uh, I guess I wasn't eligible for the contact uh, contest. Yeah, I was fuck you, Jake. I was kind of hoping for one of those passes. I guess I got to get my own though. Um, but anyways, Jake, uh, what else have you been playing uh, in the new year so far? Fine. Yeah, so I've been doing uh, uh scooter traveling. So that means switch games. Um, so a lot of the stuff I was playing. On, on flights and just kind of hanging around. Uh, I was starting to play some Enter the Gungeon again, that uh, roguelike Ooh. bullet hell game. I still haven't gotten a clear in that game yet, and I think that's one of the reasons why I keep coming back to it is I just get frustrated, and then I come back in and yep. play again. I definitely got the furthest I've gotten into it. I got to the, the final floor and then, you know, got got, but, um, you know, maybe one of these days, <laughs> check in, check in for, uh, Gungeon Watch 2021. Maybe I'll have it done at that point. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they just put out their last patch for that game. Uh, I think like middle of last year, maybe, maybe earlier. Yeah. Than that. Let's see. I'll try um, to get it. I'll try they, to beat it before enter the Gungeon two comes out. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that's a cool game. I, I really like that game and it's a really fun switch. Game. It really is. It is a fun, it is a fun game. It is frustrating because it's hard and I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm also not too good at video games, but it's, I still always have a good time, good time play, picking it up and playing it. Um, yeah. but other than that, um, I don't know. I've been having a, a little rough of a time of it lately. You know, work's been a little, uh, tedious and, you know, call it seasonal depression or whatever. So I've really been just trying to get into more like escapism, uh, games recently, just, you know, playing some stuff that stuff that feels good that I have a good time with. So just some, some Pokemon, some Pokemon sword, uh, messing around a bit with that, playing the battle tower, um, doing the, po- the train nice. card game, uh, Pokemon train card game two. I got a fan made uh, English, uh, translation for the Game Boy on that, and that's been a real fun thing just to tinker away with. Some Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, uh, always have fun playing with that. And like a little bit of Smash Bros, mostly just uh, against computer players. 
But I actually did um, mm-hmm. kind of a, a fun party game thing on New Year's. So I had, had some people over. And as you know, tends to happen when you have uh, normal friends over and not just video game friends over, there's some pretty wide skill gaps in Smash Bros. So yeah. what we ended up doing is making a tournament and each person would pick a character and then it would be set to a level 9 uh, CPU controlled character. <laughs> and we basically just like... Made like a drinking game, betting game on our characters. Yeah, it's, and you know, it's like horse racing. It at that really point. is. That's the metaphor we kept making. So that was a uh, that was actually a really fun a fun time, kind of like a novel approach to uh, using that game. So if you need, well, if you really want to get your Smash Bros. fix, but um, every, none of your uh, friends are uh, down to play super hardcore, that's uh, a fun way of going about it. Um, and then awesome. outside of video games, I got myself a little a little Christmas gift. I got my big a uh, big ass Jurassic Park Lego set, <laughs> which is uh, the Jurassic Park game or the gate and um, a big T Rex. So the whole set's a little over three thousand pieces. I finished putting together the T Rex, and it is one of the most impressive Lego things I have ever built. And I really like Lego stuff. I have a lot of like Star Wars Legos and whatnot. Uh, when I get that finished, I'll make sure to put a picture on Twitter because this one's really, really nice. cool, and I'm excited to show it off. <laughs> that, that's awesome, dude! Like, <laughs> I haven't done a big Lego set in a long time. Oh, I so love. Uh... Yeah, I have mostly Star Wars stuff. Like, um, in my apartment here, I have uh, Slave One, Boba Fett's ship, uh, like a big set of that, like a medium-sized Tie Fighter. Uh, but you know, at in storage at my parents' house, I have a gigantic Death Star Two. Uh, Star Destroyer, X-Wing, AT-AT, Millennium Falcon. Like, now I don't have the I don't Jesus. have the huge Millennium Falcon. Like, there's a gigantic eight hundred dollar Millennium yeah, Falcon a- that oh I want oh so badly, but do not have anywhere close to the funds or the space for something <laughs> like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of what's been filling my time. What about you, Tony? What have you been playing? Uh, so I got a couple of things. Um, the one thing I want to shout out first is, um, the Jackbox Party Pack series of games. Oh, yes. Thank you. How have we not talked about those games yet? I know. They, um, I have, like, rediscovered my, um, my love of those games over the holiday. So, uh, I was also traveling during the holidays, and, uh, when I was back home visiting, you know, my family... They're, they're not really gamers. Um, my brother plays a little bit of video games, but he is like, you know, the epitome of the casual gamer. He buys maybe three or four titles every year. He'll, he'll buy a sports game and he'll buy like the new rockstar game. But like, uh, outside of that, like nobody really plays video games in my family. Um, but I like to try to, to bring games into the household in some way. And this time I had the, the good idea of like, okay, I have my switch with me, Jackbox, this will be like a perfect thing. And it went over like gangbusters, you know, uh, all of my family members, including my parents, started to, to get in on Jackbox, which is, you know, my, my parents typically do not play, like, games with us uh, too much. So um, it was really, really fun to get everybody playing uh, Jackbox together. The standouts, uh, if I had to make, like, a Jackbox uh, Party Pack All-Stars uh, edition, it would be Quiplash, uh, Fibbage, uh, Trivia Murder Party, 
TKO, uh, those are like the, the really good ones, um, at least in my opinion. We, uh, we played a lot of Jackbox between um, Jackbox 2, which has Quiplash and Fibbage. Uh, we also played a bunch of the newest one. I believe it's Jackbox 6, which mm-hmm. has a really good version of Trivia Murder Party, uh, which is a very fun game. Um, but then they also have a couple other uh, interesting ones in there, like uh, Joke Boat is one that they have that mm-hmm. is uh, it's all about like creating jokes and like um, it's like kind of slapping together uh, setups that other uh, users, other players uh, input, and then you kind of write the the punchline to it, and then uh, there's an interesting round at the end where. Um, you rewrite somebody's joke. So you get the prompt that somebody provided and like uh, some of the games like pre-made stuff and you have to write like a new punchline to it and you compete to see, you know, who wrote the better joke. Um, That one's kind of fun, but I mean, Quiplash was the one that everybody was having a great time with. And the beauty of the Jackbox games are you don't need to be a video gamer to to get it. Uh, all you need is a mobile device, whether it's your phone, a laptop, a tablet. Uh, you can enter the game from there. Uh, and it's almost like a game show kind of thing where um, depending on the game you're playing, you're given these certain prompts and you're interacting with your phone. You're usually just typing things in or selecting uh, little things on your phone. And then the action happens on the screen. Uh, I've never heard my family laugh harder than playing quiplash with them on on um the day after christmas uh, it was it was incredible um mm-hmm. i i love those games so much uh and i honestly think no gamers uh collection would be complete without uh one of the jackbox party pack games so definitely check those out um, and they're only like 30 bucks, they're 30, 40 bucks. Yeah, they're not too expensive. Game. Like there's always at least one of them on sale. Um, yeah, I would, I would always like sing the praises of the Jackbox games. Um, they're really good, almost like must buys, um, especially if you're ever worried about, oh God, what am I going to do with like non-gamers coming over or something like that? Like it's, it's perfect fun for everybody. Highly recommend any of the party packs. Yeah, it's, it's, I've. I feel like it's one of like the better like icebreaker kind of games, like yeah. games that um, if you're trying to like meet, like introduce new people to like your friend group, and they're, um, you know, even even if you're a little shy, since you're just using your phone, a lot of times uh, games like Quiplash obscures who uh, wrote in an answer, so it makes it really. Um, really easy for you to get your jokes out there and to, to, to be witty and to have fun with it without being judged instantly. You know, like there was numerous times where like my dad wrote in a hilarious thing in quiplash that like came out of nowhere. I'm like, what? My dad said that. What? Um, and it's same with my niece. I, I have a 13 year old niece who wrote some of the most, morbid and witty jokes I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, you did, you did that. Like, awesome. Uh, it was great. So Jackbox party pack, go out buy any of them. They're all great. Um, but if you had to pick one Jackbox party pack two, that's, that's my favorite. Um, also, uh, I 
with my, I built a new computer, uh, as some of you may know, uh, with that, usually, um, you get a free game through, uh, you know, the different, uh, you know, buying a processor, usually they'll, uh, throw in a free game with that, or sometimes with the graphics card, they'll throw in a free game. So, I picked out a free game that, um, I would have not bought otherwise, uh, and I started playing it, and I've thoroughly, uh, been enjoying it, and this is, um, Borderlands 3. Oh. So, so I've played Borderlands 1 and 2, thoroughly enjoyed those games, but I, I, I felt like it'd been too long in between uh, the second and this third entry, and it feels like the FPS-like uh, schluter, if you will, <laughs> um, has kind of moved forward. Like, Destiny is like that game now and i've i've played a good amount of destiny and destiny 2 and it's like those games are fine but like i don't get super into Mm -hmm. it and um i was not planning on picking this game up but because i got it for free with my processor i was like fine i'll give it a go um it's pretty good it like it's pretty good like the um the shooting is is excellent uh i feel like uh, the classes are varied and, and fun to play. I've been playing with Flack, which is like the Beastmaster. Um, and I've been really enjoying um, kind of the loop of that game. Uh, it looks incredible. Like, you know, Borderlands has that uh, cell shaded art style that looks really kind of comic booky. Uh, and I, I truly thought that, you know, you, there's not much getting better than Borderlands 2 uh, because that style kind of, it feels like it has a ceiling, but this game does look really, really good. Like the backgrounds and the environments are are really lush uh, and varied. You know, the the first two games, they were all set on Pandora for the most part, and they were kind of samesy in a lot of ways. You know, here's your desert world. That's kind of like Mad Max-like. Whereas in this game, you go to a lot of different planets and I've been to like... An ice world. I'm. Uh, I'm in. A, I've gone to a jungle world. I went to one that almost looks like a like a Japan, like a like a um, kind of Eastern Asian kind of influence world that was really pretty. Um, it, it's it's been really cool. the The downside of this game is that I I really don't like the sense of humor. <laughs> like, yeah, I that, find it so goddamn grating. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's it's unfortunate because. Uh, I feel like this game could have like taken a chance to like grow up a little bit, but but I guess like its brand is like kind of dumb potty humor frat boy kind of uh, kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and it definitely it lays into that. Um, I really really dislike the 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 main bad guys that they've put into the game. Um, I I I don't necessarily like any of like the characters. Um, so I actually, I went ahead and, and turned the dialogue almost down to zero. So <laughs> I don't have to like, so I don't have to listen to that. Um, and I just kind of play it, um, just straight, you know, going from quest to quest, picking up loot and having fun shooting and using the, the, the mechanics of the game. Um, that's been pretty fun. And it's, and it's a fun game to play multiplayer too. They do some interesting stuff where, um, people can join your game regardless of their level and it scales it, it somehow scales everything mm. so um it's not like a max level character 
comes into your game as like a level five character and destroys everything. Like that's not how it works. Um, plus those higher level characters, they also get loot that is scaled to their level. So um, I've been playing with a couple of folks that are, you know, 10 to 15 levels higher than me um, that maybe, uh, you know, five or six hours farther in the story than I am. And they've been playing with me and having a great time kind of replaying through some of this stuff. So um, I really do like that. Um, it's It's been really, uh, it's been really fun. Uh, I... Hopefully I'll stick with it. We'll see. I feel like this is going to be the game that kind of I nurse throughout the rest of this year because there's another game that comes out tomorrow that may supersede Borderlands 3 oh, man. in my book. What is it? This game is called Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Oh, I'm super duper excited for this expansion. Uh, I I haven't played in a while because I've been kind of anticipating this expansion. But like, it's basically like a total gear reset. Um, I'll be able to like jump into this with all of my like good stuff and and feel like I'm nice and and, and kitted out uh, to start. But apparently, it quickly gets a little bit more difficult. So you got to get on that grind again to to build new weapons, new armor, and all that stuff. I'm really excited. Uh, they added a couple new mechanics. They had this clutch claw that um, some of the different weapon types can use that will uh, kind of latch you onto a monster and pull you to them. So like, you know, like kind of assist with mounting and do some other stuff. Um, it, it adds, you know, different, some different moves to the existing weapon types. So it, there's just enough of new stuff in this that I'm really really looking forward to digging into so um it should be it should be fun uh, i'm looking forward to, to digging into some so iceborne here real soon so uh that will probably be my weekend uh fingers crossed uh, other right. than editing this podcast obviously obviously um, yeah yeah um and just the one last thing i wanted to plug uh my kind of gamer group has dubbed this year uh, Hots 2020. Uh, this is Hots 2020. So I got back into Heroes of the Storm after stepping away from the game for about three and a half months after how uh, you know Blizzard handled the uh, Hong Kong protest situation with Blitz Chung, um, the Hearthstone player. Um, I stepped away from the game uh, because of because of that. Um, but I've come back. Uh, and Hots is still pretty fun. You know, that's still a pretty fun game. I don't know if I'll ever get back to the level where I was previously, where I was playing in like amateur leagues and, and trying to get really good at the game. But as of right now, I'm just having a lot of fun playing that game again. So, um, Hots, man. Hots 2020. Fun games are fun. Hots 2020, baby. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, speaking of fun games think we're ready to jump into uh the the episode episode title game the game of our episode uh <laughs> when we come back from the break we'll be talking about crystallis for the nes
Hey everybody, Jake here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hey I Like That Game. If you're enjoying the show and want to reach out to Tony and I, you can email heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. You can tweet me at likethatgame, and you can follow us on Facebook for updates. Enjoy the rest of the episode. We're back. Welcome back to Hey, I Like That Game. Today we are discussing a, um, I guess I would call this like a, a uh, an overlooked a gem. A gem for, for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this game is uh, called Crystallis. Uh, it was for the Nintendo Entertainment System or the NES, as you may know it. Uh, this game is... A, I guess I would call it like an action adventure, uh, top down game. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, so first off, let me let me pose this to you, Jake. Did you ever hear this game before? I brought it up uh, on our last episode. Nope, not a once. <laughs> yeah, uh, it actually. I think I think it would be um, uh, important to note here that. Uh, we have a missing episode here, so we so this uh, this game hasn't been announced yet, has it? No, it no, has it hasn't. So uh, we recorded yeah. an episode on uh, Warriors Orochi Three Ultimate. Uh, we encountered some technical difficulties with recording there, so editing has been a bit more uh, arduous than usual. But it is coming together. Um, this one will be released before then. So, surprise, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprise episode, Crystallis. Um, but a happy surprise, indeed. So, uh, the reason I picked this game was because um, I've always heard about this game, and I I remember playing it a little bit as a youngster. I had a friend uh, in, like grade school kindergarten you know whenever it was that had this game and i remember seeing it and playing it a little bit but like never really sat down with the game at all totally forgot about it but then when i saw the nintendo switch online uh they they have in that bundle uh an nes selection of games that comes with it for free like a a la carte like netflix like thing you just kind of click on the title and start playing it um, I saw they put this game on there, and I had like an instant flashback to like, oh yeah, Crystallis, like that game exists. <laughs> I like totally forgot about it. Um, so I thought, okay, perfect opportunity to get into this game that I've barely played, totally forgot about, um, and thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Actually, I had a damn good time um, playing this game. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, like I said, it's like an action adventure, uh, top down uh, game RPG elements so, for sure. Yeah, I would say it's it's a like action adventure RPG, or maybe like an action RPG, like uh, uh, maybe not the first of its kind, but you know, one of one of the very early action adventure games. Um, it really blends together like some of the traditional RPG elements of like a Final Fantasy, where there's experience points, leveling up. There's an um, HP bar and mana points that you have to manage, as well as you know items that you're equipping and new spells that you're learning. But then the actual combat 
has that action vibe to it where you see the enemies in the field and you attack them with your sword kind of like um if you remember the game Blaster Master or like a Legend of Zelda <laughs> for the NES, you ever yeah. played Blaster Master? If you, Master, ne- if Blaster you never Master heard of the great. obscure title Legend of Zelda, Blaster Master. <laughs> Blaster Master is a great <laughs> NES game. People should know, and great title, Blaster Master. It's wonderful. But like the the touch point that uh, most people would go to is like a Legend of Zelda, either one or two. Uh-huh. Um, they're very, very kind of similar in like the action way that the combat happens. Um, but there's a lot more to it. This game has like a ton of story. Um, there's a lot going on with the story in this game that I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, the like kind of opening cutscene, they do a lot of um, really interesting visual work to kind of like set the stage for things and they kind of show the world that you don't often see in nes games yeah Uh, or at least i i don't think you do i mean Um, i mean you get something like zelda where there's no story at all or something like i don't know like double dragon where there's like two sentences of and three still images of preamble or like final fantasy where it's just like words 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 um, this yeah. strikes a very good balance in that where, I mean, it's still like not very deep and robust. It isn't NES game. It came out in 1990, but there's, there's meat on those bones and it, it gives you direction in where you need to go in like a vague way where you can find your own way, but you're not like left dangling. It's not like, here's an open world. Good luck. It's like, hey, yeah, you can go this way and you'll probably find something. Yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, but this is uh, the first NES game. This is our first NES show, game, right? correct. Right. One of my biggest gripes and, and, and one of the reasons why I haven't picked an NES game up until this point is that one of the things I, I really don't like about NES games, for the most part, is that they're they're plagued by vagueness mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to like, direction. Like um, I played the original Final Fantasy on the NES when I was a kid, and it, it was really tough trying to understand where the hell I was supposed to go. Uh, we're not even... like. There's a game, Simon's Quest, the uh, um, Castlevania game that's, that's also plagued by some of this stuff where it's just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm talking to all these NPCs. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Sometimes you'll wander into areas that are not... Uh, that you're not meant to and you get like destroyed by enemies Mm -hmm. that you're just not ready for um this game does a very good job of writing solid dialogue for the npcs within each town that give you a direction of where to go hey go northeast to this town over here or hey this village is is um under attack or something you should go there you know like they they do a really good job of making sure you kind of always know where you're supposed to go um which i really really like yeah i mean Um, it's not perfect i mean of course there's like no no waypoints or anything which is it's it's good that you wouldn't have anything like that but it still is difficult and i found myself referring to a guide every so often but not constantly like i would need to for some other nes games yeah yeah i played i played a lot of this game with with the guide open um but that was more to like assure that i was going on the right path so that i wasn't missing any items 
Um, but the A to B to C of the game is is kind of well documented in the dialogue, um, which I really enjoy. Now there's that does kind of fall apart at some points of the game. Like um, there's a point I wouldn't say early in the game, maybe like a couple hours in. I think it's what's the name of this? It's like Porta Port. Portola Porta like is, that. I think, the they, only city name I could remember from this. I think other than Leaf, which is because it's called yeah, Leaf. First, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I think it's like Portola or something like that. But um, that one has like this really kind of stupid uh, thing where you kind of have to – you go to a castle to talk to a princess, and then you have to go to a fortune teller for some reason and talk to them, then go back to the princess and talk to yeah, her. Yeah, I remember that. There's so that, much like bouncing back and forth between these two areas with very little indication you're supposed to do that, and it's tedious and annoying. Yeah, like that, that one point, I was like, oh, yeah, this is an NES game. Mm-hmm. Yep. They do, <laughs> these, games, these games do that. Um so that that was kind of unfortunate, but um, other than that, like it was usually very clear where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do. Um, the The way this game is set up is uh, so like the opening scroll and, and cutscene says, "Okay, the world ends in 1997." <laughs> um, uh oh, mutants have kind of <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's shit. It might explain some of the shit that's happening yeah, in our world right now. We're in the oh, Matrix like right now, everybody. It ended in 97. <laughs> yeah, it feels like we're already there. Uh, but apparently, like, mutant mutants have made it pretty shitty to live in the world, but some survivors built this, like, kind of tower in the sky to try to, like, oppress the evil that is happening. Um, this game takes place 100 years in the future from that uh, world-ending event. Uh, the world has been rebuilt a, a little bit, but it's you know very kind of crude in some areas. Uh, and evil is kind of on the cusp of returning or something like that. Um, yeah, it gets a little like, vague the only after hope that. For the, right, yeah. So like the only hope for the world lies with you, which... like. They make it seem like you're a robot or something, but like, may, like I think like an android maybe. Yeah, or or you're just like a some sort of creature humanoid that was put into stasis at some point, and you are being awakened at the start of the game to save the world for whatever reason. So it gave me a lot of Breath of the Wild kind of vibes where it's like you kind of wake up and like you have oh, no context man. for like what's going on. <laughs> Breath and of the like, Wild ripped this off. Kinda... Yeah. <laughs> but it, like, wasn't that weird? Like that, that was the first thing I thought of. Was, like, I did not. I didn't make that with... connection until just now, but I was just like, oh, so clear. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you awaken out of this pod and then you walk out of – uh, a cave and there's a person there and like ah there's a guy and then like you just walk into this village and like breath of the wild starts in a very similar way like you just step out of this pod and then enter the world and then there you go um but from there you're kind of put on this quest to to forge this legendary sword the crystallis by bringing together these four elemental swords and ultimately defeat the evil empire who has now is raining from that tower in the sky that I mentioned earlier. Um, and you're trying to defeat them because they're going to, because they're trying to control the world or, or whatever. Or so, something like that. <laughs> yes. Something. Yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah, this game does have a very robust story for NES game and it's not too like 
stuffy and padded with either text or convolution or anything. Um, it's you know it's it's charming. It's it's breezy. Not like a light story, but just like it's good to have that in there to provide some some structure and some reason for the back and forth uh, in the world. But I think uh, yeah. what really kind of stuck in my head for this game is the 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 gameplay itself like the combat is fairly uh interesting so it's like a real-time action game uh you have your sword and you know you have your like your basically like legend of zelda sword strike but you can also like charge an attack and the only way you can charge is by standing still um so you can like charge a shot like have one in the chamber and then kind of like go go about your business and come around an enemy but like in combat if you want to charge that shot and get that like projectile attack it's sort of a uh, game of making enough space for yourself so you can stop that to charge it and like how to correctly use it and that comes across more in in boss fights but then there's also four different swords that you unlock throughout the game you get the wind uh water fire thunder and they all have like kind of different features on their charge shots and the different enemies that they're either strong against or um do not affect so it adds a like a fun level of strategy both in the managing your inventory and in the actual gameplay itself with those mechanics and it's i think it works pretty well Oh, I, I totally agree. You know, like you had mentioned, like you you can charge your sword by standing still. Um, and it adds this this level of like fluidity a little bit to like the movement. It's like you have to be strategic about when you stop moving to charge your sword as opposed to when you're moving around. And that especially comes through on boss fights, right? Mm-hmm. So fairly early on, you fight this like giant beetle. And this giant beetle, it has a, it has an easy pattern to figure out. Like it's shooting this acid out, and obviously stay out of the way of that. But like it kind of, it is weak when it stops shooting this acid. It kind of opens up a window for you to attack. But you know, there's a lot of stuff on screen and things that you have to move around in the meantime. So it's like you can't just sit in a corner, hold your sword, and then wait to to strike. You got to move around. You have to be smart about when you're charging your sword as to when you're, when you're moving, um, and attacking, you know, it, it, it makes for some really easy or not really easy, some really difficult bosses, um, that are fun to play against. Like I had a lot Mm -hmm. of fun fighting against the bosses. Um, some of them are, are super hard. Like the, there's this wizard, um, what's her name? Like Sabrina, something like that. uh, The teenage witch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's like about I don't know halfway three quarters away through the game, and she's very tough because she will send out a lot of projectiles on the screen. Uh, there's a there's a general that you fight on Mount Saber as well that is um, similar in the fact that like it puts a bunch of projectiles on the screen, so you gotta be moving, you gotta be um, quick on your feet, and to really do good damage and to uh, to be able to take down the boss effectively, you need to charge your sword. So you have to strike the balance of standing still versus moving and striking. It it, it was really fun. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with uh, the combat. And then another thing this game does uh, really well that I enjoyed is it gives a very good sense of power progression. 
Um, so, I mean, you start, you get one sword, has one level of uh, charge attack, and you go on in the game, you get more swords, you get more uh, robust charge attacks, you get more magic, and it's not like you're just, it's not like kind of like the uh, Final Fantasy progression where you have, you know, like the Blizzard, Blizzarara, Blizzaraga, or whatever they're called, where it's basically just like the same spell, but just three different levels of power. When you unlock like the new powers or uh, levels of charge shot, there's you know, one, two, three. They have different features on them, and like the third level shots, like are huge, gigantic, like screen hitting attacks that you can charge up, and the different magic you yeah. get is all unique, and it provides like a different function. Sometimes, like in small gameplay niches, it's just kind of like a way to gate off progress, but also just another like quality of life um, increases. Like there's you, know, you get your general healing. Um, like heal status condition, you can teleport between towns you've been to, but then you add light in the game, you get flight, you get a shield that makes you immune from damage. Um, the paralyzed one I thought was really cool, uh, where you can just like throw yeah. it out and it stops an enemy it's in, an, in its tracks. And that's, I think, the power question that you get when you start the game and to the end of the game, it feels like a very like linear scale up, and it makes makes it cool it makes it make, makes you feel more powerful i don't know i always kind of had an issue with that in like especially like final fantasy games where you go from you know four adventurers have a tough time beating up two rats to like 20 hours later like let's kill god stuff like that right it's just like it doesn't yeah, like yeah. feel it, like other than just like it just doesn't feel right in those games but it feels very right in this game yeah and one thing that it does that's like really like a really simple thing that also conveys that power progression is like your life bar right mm-hmm. it's like your life bar starts with like a very small like maybe half an inch in size but like towards the end of the game it's the entire screen like the entire length of your screen so it's um you know very simply visually it's showing you how strong you have gotten it happens it know? happens smoothly and like slowly with the level ups with the new armor but just a contrast from beginning of the game to the end of the game like when you see that like picture a picture b wow it's like that's such a cool like level of like uh, skill and power you obtain and that's a really neat thing yeah the the one thing i'll say uh as a kind of detraction from the the progression in this game is that i did have to do some grinding yeah same to to be strong enough to take on certain enemies and to be to have enough money to buy the items that really are required you know like unless you're like pro crystallis player dodging everything and like kind of know all the boss patterns like sometimes like you get hit and it really really hurts you mm-hmm. uh so you need to have that armor you need to have you got to be the right level to take to take on um you know the challenges of the game so there were times that you had to to grind out but usually i'll, I'll give the game credit usually you can find an area within the um overworld areas that you can kind of sit in and enemies will come to you and you can kind of run little patterns to make sure that they keep respawning. You can kill them quickly and grind up that XP really fast. You, you take 15, 20 minutes and you do a little grinding and then you move on. You know, um, I was able to do that a couple of different times mm-hmm. to, to help me progress, but it, it was necessary. I found that necessary. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, this game, this game, doesn't drag very often it was not too long of a playthrough for me um and like referring to the guide every so often i think this took me maybe six hours to beat um it's Mm -hmm. not 
too long of a game. Um, and that's good, I think. It, you don't have to grind or anything like that. There's no kind of artificial padding built into it. It, you know, gets what it needs to get done in the time it has, and it doesn't really overstay its welcome. Yeah, and... You know, you had mentioned earlier, like some of the items and spells are really good. You know, you get some varied uh, gameplay with the different swords. But I gotta tell you, my favorite item in this game is the shell flute. Man, you get to the ride dolphin. on this cute ass dolphin. Yeah. That dolphin is awesome. That <laughs> dolphin is so cool. That's like the cutest little thing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Cool. Um, I also think that the game does a pretty good job of giving you a lot of varied uh, environments. Uh, so, you know, in your typical fantasy-like world, you know, there's, uh, you know, kind of a a rolling valley, and then you have a deep forest, and you have deserts and mountains and fortresses, castles, you know, this tower in the sky that you go to. Um, you know, it's... That seems cliche to say that about, like, a fantasy game, right? But, like, the fact that this game makes all those different areas feel pretty distinct. Some of the castles feel like, you know, a palette swap. Yeah, some of the castles and some of the caves are definitely just palette swaps. Yeah, but, like, they do a good enough job of making some of, like, the truly unique areas feel unique. Um, that I think it... I think it deserves a little bit of a shout out. Uh, another thing that deserves a shout out about this game is this music. The music in this game absolutely slaps. Oh, it's so good. The uh, the overworld music especially is wonderful. I also think like some of the mountain music, like in the mountain pass, uh, like Mount Saber, excellent. Um, it's a lot of times really upbeat and engaging. Like it's. It's fun stuff. Like it's it's a great soundtrack. Um, one of the better ones that I can recall from the NES uh, era. I mean, it's it's fine. It's shut. There's, up. I mean, it's okay. It's got that eight bit soundtrack feel to it, which of course is like tickles my nostalgia bones. But I think yeah, other than maybe that first overworld and maybe Mount Mount Saber, it's just like it was just it was there. It was never like frustrating or like annoying or anything like that but i never felt like really like swept away in the music you know you kind of like the same like feeling you get when you hear like uh, the mario brothers sound or like the zelda song you say that like it's a negative thing. i'm not saying like, it's a negative so i think over- i mean like okay so we've been talking nothing but positives about this game so far so the viewers are probably just thinking like oh yeah, like why isn't this just like one of those fantastic everybody knows it nes games like metroid Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Bros., or something like that, and I think the music is emblematic of it. It's like it's good. It is good, but it's just it's frustratingly short of great. And I think this game is frustratingly short of great in many, many of its regards. The music's one of them. Hmm. I think the combat is interesting, and the different swords mechanics uh, as ways of overcoming. Uh, obstacles and movement and different enemies is neat but it leads to a lot of a lot a lot of menuing the economy of the game is a little messed up um but that kind of like goes with the uh like the scaling progression um the 
like a lot of the different places are just like palette swaps of other locations and it gets really difficult to navigate them because everything looks the same which is why a guide is necessary there's a lot of cool different enemy types but i mean there's not going to be a whole lot of different ways of approaching enemies it's kind of just like you know don't get hit by them and dodge projectile they're not gonna have different sort of ai or pathing or patterns or anything like that like this game is very good i like this game but there are a lot of glaring errors that aren't like deal breakers there's nothing about this game i'm gonna say is bad but there's a reason why i didn't know about this game until a few weeks ago i i disagree like i feel like this is just a a hidden gem and there's a lot of those on the nes um, because because like kind of the sheer amount of games that are like available uh there so you know, I, I think this game is is great. I'm super glad that it was put out on the you know, Nintendo Switch uh, NES like online platform because that means more people get to play this game. Uh, so I'm I'm really stoked about that. Um, quick question: What was your favorite sword? Which element ooh, was your favorite? Ooh, I think I like the Sword of Fire because that's like the first new sword you get. And that's the first, yeah. uh, like, really cool, like, level two charge shot you get. So just, like, a number, like, total number of, like, use, uh, like the fire sword. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the water sword. I think that one is super cool. Um, it's got an awesome level three. Yeah. Um, which, like, the level threes are wonderful, but, like having to manage your mana bar with that and sometimes like there's no there's no way to cancel or i didn't figure out a way to cancel so if you charge to a level three by accident and then you use it you're like oh shit i just used mana that like i probably need to conserve you know like that that part kind of sucks but water sword super super down with water sword um the last last thing i want to say about this game is so this game was made by SNK, and we've we've done some uh, we've played an SNK game before, Samurai Showdown Two. Uh, SNK is known for like their action games, you know, like fighting games like Samurai Showdown, King of Fighters, um, and you know other like arcade kind of classics like Metal Slug. Um, this game is such a departure from that uh, for them. You know, this is like a you know, for all intents and purposes, like a Zelda-like game, you know, a RPG, action RPG kind of game. Um, and I, I feel like this game, um, if it would have been like a critical success, we could have seen more cool stuff like this come from SNK. But like, I, as far as I know, they haven't really put out many other games in this vein, um, which is a shame because I feel like this is a, a really well-crafted type of game so like um one of the things that i really like about snk games is i think they they usually look really really good and i feel that that is a standout of this game you know it is an nes game so it looks dated uh in comparison to graphics now but you know, like um like we were saying that little dolphin is like super cute yeah, so it's, like, it's a good sprite work it's it's a good sprite um or like some of the bosses like those are cool looking bosses like I, I wish SNK would do more work like this because it, it, it was really cool. Um, actually, I want to say one other thing about this game. <laughs> you know, we were talking, we we're talking a lot about like the story and that being good, but like I, I really do think like the writing and the localization were were pretty good. Um, there's one moment in particular that 
really stood out to me. I was like, this is this is cool. Like, this is an interesting thing to, to do in an NES game. Um, there's a part where it's like, I think it's like the second time you go to Mount Saber or something like that. And you're kind of going up this mountain pass and you hit this like, this little dialogue when you're walking. It's like, it says like, you, you hear whispering and like as you walk closer to like this kind of very linear path, like it keeps kind of like stopping you and like you're hearing in, in, in the game it's, it's showing you this dialogue box, but it's like you're hearing the whispering of these like enemy guards and it's like, oh, that's cool. Like that's, that's something that the player character, like it's like an immersive thing Like the player character would be, um, hearing that stuff as it's moving forward and the game like makes it very apparent that you're hearing these things as you're moving towards um these little these little enemies and i thought that was a a a really like simple way of conveying that you're kind of sneaking around and that you're kind of in enemy territory um and it was like i know that's such it's just small little thing but i think that's quality game design you know like that's quality stuff that you don't always see in nes games that like i really appreciated um absolutely love that absolutely love that um this there's a lot there's a good attention to detail in this video game that um not every game from this generation had so um definitely want to shout that out yeah well i think i think i know what you're gonna rate it oh this is a hey i like that game hey i like that game all right uh yeah, hey, I like that game for me too. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of lot of good things to say about this game. It's definitely really, really fun. Uh, I think it you know falls short of being a classic for sure, but I mean, it's still probably one of the best NES games I've I've played. And for sure, worth checking out. Uh, now that's in that Switch library of of NES games, if you've already if you've already got that, and you're looking for something to dabble into, it's it's a good time for sure. Hey, I like that game. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that the first NES game we we chose was was a good one because there's a lot of shitty Whoa. ones. There's a oh, lot of yeah, shitty ones are. out there. <laughs> but uh, great. Well, um, Jake, do we have any uh, emails or any social media hits uh, that we got to get out here? I do have a uh, an email from Andrew who Ooh. was a guest on our Total Annihilation episode and who's been ah, yes, doing Andrew. some music for us. Uh, so he's the one who's doing like the, the cool music uh, you've been hearing. He just sent us a lot, of, a lot of new tracks that we'll be able to use out. So shout out to Andrew. Thank you very much. You can check him out at Peasant Handbook. Uh, that's his blog. Um, but his, mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. email is a recommendation. I'm going to sit on to the, my, next, my next one. So don't worry, Andrew. We're getting okay. to it. Um, we, we, will, we will wait on that, yeah. Andrew. So, uh, but... Other than that, I gotta I gotta introduce my next game. So this is our first yes. NES game, and so Tony, we don't really play sports games. You and I, we've no, technically really. played two on the podcast: uh, Super Punch Out and Sega Soccer Slam, which I would class uh, oh, classify yeah. more as arcade sports games. Uh, but we haven't okay, played. Okay. Like a real sports game, you know what you think of okay. with that. You got the open grass, the feel of the wind in your hair, the attempt at realistic graphics, and I think it's time we approach a real sports game playing the most perfect of games. That's right, we're gonna be playing P 
PGA Tour Tiger Woods 2007 for the next episode of Hey, I Like That Game. We're going golfing. Oh, my God. I love golf games. Yes, I'm so... I am so excited for this. This is uh, Tiger Woods. That's like prime Tiger Woods. Exactly. Too. That's that's pre pre scandal. <laughs> yeah. That's I am very excited for this. This is this is gonna be a great. I was one. debating that and um, just like I don't know. I could like pick a Madden out of a hat or something. But this one this one seems more our speed. <laughs> oh hell yeah! That's great. That's that's great. Hell yeah, Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all! Yeah, so is this is this a, a hole in one, or will this game end up in the bunker? Find out. Oh my! God. When we talk about Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2007. All right, please be honest with me. Did you have that written down, or did that come off? The I dome? that one came right off the dome. <laughs> Ooh. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, awesome. Well, uh, be sure to check us out at our next episode where we talk about Tiger Woods Golf 07. So find out about that game in the next episode of Hey, Like That Game. But in the meantime, live life passionately. Love each other unconditionally. And play games obsessively. Night, everybody. Peace out. for listening everybody make sure to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to us on and also drop us a rating and review it really mean a lot to us thanks tune in next time